Sales, more well-established lesbian. Chapter 21 About 15, 16 hours or so after I'd left my house for my first date with Ashley, I was almost home. As I came round the corner, I silently coasted the car up onto the driveway, headlights and engine off. Don't want to disturb Crazy Pete the landlord. I've crept into the house, avoiding that creaky step on the stairs and doing that thing where you actually use a door handle properly, you know, all the way down so there's no click whatsoever. I'm not entirely sure who I'm trying to be quiet for, whether I'm not trying to disturb them or whether I'm actually trying to make sure they don't disturb me. Because honestly, between the day I've had and the lovely drive home and just how quiet and early in the day it is, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want anything to disturb that just wanted to enjoy it a little longer. I left the lights off in my room as I headed straight for my bed and I sank down onto the edge of it. As soon as I stopped I could feel the length of the day in every muscle of my body, especially my feet. But the darkness just made me think of that moment in the gallery and I was right back there thinking about that thinking briefly about that ridiculous notion that had passed through my mind. My boots are still on but I'm shattered and I fall back on the bed and I'm just smiling into the darkness just staring at the ceiling remembering a moment here, a moment there. I realise I haven't let Ashley know I've made it home safe like she asked so I pull my phone out and I go to text her but she's already texted me. When I was driving back she was texting, letting me know how much she'd enjoyed herself, thanking me for the pop art exhibition. She loved it, and she did. She wanted to see me again. I texted her back to let her know I was safe, and, well, we agreed date two for later on that afternoon. And finally, reluctantly, we said goodnight and let the day end. Now, what do you do? Right? When you wake up and it feels like the sun is shining on you. You know, when you wake up in just one of those really good moods, what do you like to do, right? Are you, are you one of these endorphin seekers? You know, like trainers on, out the door, going for a run, going for a walk, whatever it is, get some fresh air, right? Is that you? Maybe you're one of these morning brew types, you know, a quiet cuppa and a gentle coming to is more how you like to do things. Are you one of those straight-in-the-shower types, you know, like washed, dressed, up and out, I'm ready to attack the day? You know, which one are you? Are you a bit more like me, where you're going to lie in bed and bask in whatever it is that's caused that good mood? Because that's what I did. I just lay there for a little bit, just thinking, yeah... That was a really good date. 
a really good day. And you know what? Date two is just a couple of hours away. And that, that seemed like a really good reason to get out of bed. And on this fine, sunny winter's Sunday, I am full of first kiss confidence, right? You know, I'm feeling myself right now. And to be honest with you, when I'm in a good mood like that, I just gotta shake my ass. And I don't know about you, but I got some go-to songs for when I'm feeling myself, for when I'm in a good mood, and I just wanna shake it out. First up, Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Right, that is one of my top jams. That has to go on, okay? I feel like that's a good warm-up. That's a good, it's a good start, you know? Limber up a little bit, get ready to throw some shapes. I am in nothing but my boxers and socks right now. The socks are important because I'm going to need the socks for the slide that I'm going to do when I listen to song two, which each and every time is going to be Pony by Genuine. This was my jam well before Magic Mike came along, before Channing Tatum and his wife both did very good versions. But some of us have been loving that track for some time. And so I am, I'm dancing around my room, I'm feeling myself. We are talking full swagger, right? In front of the mirror, no shame, hips are going, I'm fully in the moment, right? I'm picturing Ashley on the dance floor, us getting all up in each other's business. I am mid Peter Andre's mysterious girl waterfall moment where he's rolling his abs when crazy Pete starts hammering on the door. Way to kill my vibe, Pete. Way to kill my vibe. He wants to know if I need the bathroom because he's going to be in there a while. Reality really knows how to pick its moments. And that one killed my two-step dead. And as I tried to put the thought of having to use the bathroom after Pete out of my mind, it did draw my attention to the state of my room. Clearly, I had gone on yesterday's date with absolute certainty that no matter what transpired, we would not be coming back to my place. Which meant I'd felt very comfortable leaving it in an absolute state. The abandoned outfits hid a lot of the other mess. My singleness had kind of led to visible layers of detritus and debris in my room. Pizza boxes were a regular feature on all layers, I'll be honest with you. There was a weird collection of empty cans just lining the windowsill, which you couldn't really see because, well, why would you open the curtains on a mess like this? Genuine is still giving it full pony in the background and all I can think is even if I can find my saddling amongst this shithole she is not going to be jumping on it in this state. And this isn't about me assuming that Ashley's going to come back to mine at the end of date two. This is about me not ruining my chances if she decides she wants to. This is about making sure that there is somewhere for example, if we were date to sit without wondering what she's sitting on or what is getting on her outfit. Cleanliness 
goes a long way to making people feel more comfortable. Just one of those things. It's emergency clean time. The music goes right back up, mostly to hide the sounds of Pete in the bathroom. I've got Justin Timberlake bringing sexy back and I am bringing my standards back. Still in my boxers and socks, but I grant you, you know, JT had some competition that day. As I'm cleaning, Ashley and I are texting. We agree on the cinema for our next day activity. We'll meet up, we'll get some food, we'll pick a film. I mean, a simple, chill Sunday date. And before you know it, my room is clean and sparkling. I am also clean and sparkling. And to be honest with you, I smell as handsome as I feel. And I'm not nervous at all. Not a single nervous thought or feeling. I just can't wait to see Ashley again. As soon as possible. I kind of can't think of anything else. Which means I've forgotten that Tess and I had plans that afternoon. No major plans, just plans to hang out. Tess texts me. Hey, how'd the date go? Was she a complete weirdo? Tell me everything later. What do you want to do? Awkward. I call her up and I tell her, it was great. The date was amazing. So good, in fact, we're going to go out again this afternoon. Ah, I hope you don't mind. I hope you're all right with it. Can we, um, can we hang out tomorrow or something? And Tess is happy. She's happy, but she's... She wants all the details and she's got all these questions about Ashley and she's not really taking the hint right now. She just keeps talking, asking questions and at this rate I'm going to be late. So I suggest maybe if Tess is about this afternoon, maybe she should just swing by and say hi to Ashley while we're getting a drink before the cinema. I tell Tess where we're going to be and I tell her I've got to run, I've got to. Running turned out to be unnecessary as it goes. Ashley was going to be late. This was maybe a thing? I'm not sure. I mean, twice? I don't know. We'll see. But after a relatively small delay, Ashley arrived for our second date. And there it was again. That weird mix of familiarity and newness. She looked so pretty. Um, and I told her, and I got one of those killer smiles back. As I got the drinks in, I explained to Ash that um, my best mate Tess might, might swing by to say hi. I mean, I didn't think she would, but, you know, I just, I wanted to give her the heads up just in case. I mean, after all, as I explained, I'd kind of blown Tess off to see Ashley that afternoon. Ashley was lovely about it. She got it. And she was cool with it. And I appreciated that. Because, you know, as I'd driven to the cinema, it had occurred to me that it might be a bad idea. You know, for a couple of reasons. I mean, first up, who invites their mates on a date, even for just a quick, like, hi. Second, who invites their mate that they used to date slash sleep with? And no, Ashley didn't know that bit at the time. And third, what if they hate each other? I mean, mostly I'm hoping that Tess gets that 
it wasn't the most enthusiastic invite to kind of come along and say hi and that I was just kind of politely using that tactic to get off the phone. But no, midway through our second drink, Ash and I are getting very close to agreeing on what film to see when in walks Tess. I'm a little surprised, but I get up to go and greet her. And as I walk back to the table with her, I'm like, just please don't. Please be cool. Just just be cool, yeah? If you just, just be cool. Don't make me look like a dick. I like her, all right? And Tess and Ash are all hugs and cheek kisses and they're chatting away, making the odd joke at my expense, but I start to relax. I mean, I don't know what they're worried about. I mean, these two are getting on like a house on fire, getting to know each other. They want to know what each other does as a job. You know, what cars they drive, where they live, who who went to uni where. I mean, they really are getting right into it. And we all chat away for a little bit. And soon I realised that the two films that Ashley and I have narrowed it down to are starting soon. So I make our excuses and there are more hugs and more cheek kissing and... Lots of, oh, so lovely to meet you, they say to each other. And I say to Tess, I'll catch up with her tomorrow. And she heads for her car, and we head for the ticket queue. And I am, I'm thinking, you know what? That went all right. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If they like each other and, you know, maybe this becomes a thing. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. And we're just standing in the queue. It's all nice and quiet. So you two used to sleep with each other, huh? Uh, shit. I, I wasn't expecting Ash to say that. Well, you know, not quite so soon. Anyway, I look at Ash. Both of her eyebrows are raised and she is tilting her head at me. In a inquisitive nature. Uh, well, yeah, you know, like, we had a thing, like, a, a, a sort of a thing, and then, like, it wasn't really a thing, but then we were doing the, yeah, like, it was ages ago. Anyway, I, um, and, uh, yeah, she's got a boyfriend. I add helpfully. The eyebrows do not drop. Oh, does she? Ash inquires. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a copper, I tell her. Ash looks unimpressed. The queue moves forward and so does Ashley. Does he know she still likes you? She asks over her shoulder. I laugh it off, but uh, now Ashley mentions it, Tess's outfit was only a notch or two below what she would wear on a date and she the cleavage had definitely been deployed i had i had noticed that earlier but tess and i had slept together so i guess you know we probably were still a bit over familiar with each other which obviously had been fine by me when i was single but clearly i was hoping that wasn't going to be the case for much longer and so i was going to need to keep an eye on that anyway top tip don't introduce your ex-friend with benefits to your new date within 48 hours of meeting them. I'm going to say you want to give that a solid 
72 hours minimum. I realise this advice is probably mostly applicable to lesbians, but honestly, if you've gone a bit lesbian, bring it back. Bring it back just a little bit. That being said, if you're one of these straight people who barely introduces their other half to the friends group, you know, until like the wedding, you know, maybe let them out of the cupboard every now and again. I think we all need to meet in the middle here. Yeah, there's too much and there's not enough. Sweet in the middle. Anyway, back to the point. Ashley and I are loading up on ridiculously overpriced cinema snacks. We head in and we're back in the dark together whispering to each other holding hands you know i'm pretty sure i did the old a classic a yawn and stretch and oh look my arms around you ashley rested her hand just a little bit high on my thigh and she leaned her head into me just another one of those moments that felt exactly right honestly so far, so much. Come on now, right? I've asked her out. I've planned and executed a great first date. I've made the first move. I got the first kiss. I'd even gotten to drive her home. I mean, granted it wasn't in the plan, but it had happened. And now I'm sat in the cinema with her, with her head resting on my shoulder and my arm around her. Feeling so damn butch right now. The movie we've picked is The Pursuit of Happiness. Cracking film, by the way, great story. There's a few tear-jerking moments. I'm not going to lie. And this, this is where my butchness fails me. I am a ridiculously soppy, sensitive soul. I'm a crier. I can't hold it in. But butches don't cry. This is one of those stupid notions that took up space in my head for too long. But nonetheless, it was there. And I always felt ashamed about the fact that I was so emotional that I would cry at, I don't know, everything. Helen Daniels does on Neighbours back in the day. I bawled my eyes out. Nana Moon on EastEnders. I cried my eyes out. Let's not even talk about Marley and me moving on, right? I'm a crier. It's a fact. And I didn't expect a film called The Pursuit of Happiness to make me cry. I'll be honest with you. Will Smith and his son, they're on screen, being ridiculously cute together, and it's setting me off, right? My eyes are misting up. And I am trying desperately hard not to cry, right? I do not want Ash to see me crying not like on date two you know I'd be okay with it just a little bit down the line but right now you know I'm just I'm trying to be butch and I'm trying to be just together and just crying at a Will Smith film it's not how I want this to go it's not but it's not going in my favour it's not and you know tears are silent I grant you but the sniffling the sniffling is what gives you away every time. And I am, I am not getting away with this. Ash is starting to look at me out the corner of her eye. She's got suspicions. I'm crying. And in the end, she just comes out with it and asks if I'm okay. And I'm all gruff and like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. 
shh, I'm watching, right? I don't want her to think I'm a soppy idiot, even if I am one. Like, let her find that out a little bit later. But again, the thing that I think is going to make her lose respect for me or make her think that I'm an idiot is a moment that she will later tell me made her feel more comfortable with me. You know, she would use that word again, endearing. You know, she's more worried that I'm thinking she's a heartless psycho for not crying. You know, nobody is ever judging us as hard as we judge ourselves. Next time you're worried about people noticing something about you that you feel insecure about, have a little think about the last time you really noticed something like that on someone else. And even if you did notice, how much thought did you really give it? I mean, did it change anything? Did you just notice it and then get on with your day? Most of the time, you're paying no more attention than anyone else is. You do you. Because sometimes those imperfections are absolutely perfect to someone else. Sometimes it is going to be the very last thing that you think of that's going to get you the girl. And I got on myself a girl, right? A girl who over the next week I saw as often as possible. I didn't even have to ask Pete if Ashley could stay over. She'd won him over within about five minutes of being introduced. She was just sort of like that. Ash had a warmth and an energy about her that people couldn't help but respond to. And I was really starting to understand why she worked in sales and was very, very good at it. We finally emerged from my room at the end of that weekend and uh, Ashley called her mum to reassure her she was still alive and headed off to work on that Monday. Both of us had quite the spring in our step. Me, you could add a massive grin to that spring. All morning, Ash is on my mind. And I'm thinking, I don't really want to date anyone else. And I'm thinking, I don't really want her to date anyone else. I just, I just want us to give things a shot. Me and Ashley. She wants to grab lunch together. So we figure out our work schedules and I pick her up. We grab some food, we hang out for a bit. And Ash asks me to drop her to her next meeting. No problem at all. I get her as close as I can to where she needs to go, which means we're now parked down the side of a supermarket, staring at the loading docks and bins out the back of the other high street shops. And this, listeners, was where I decided that I just had to ask Ashley out. That's sort of how we say it here. You know, we ask somebody out. And all that really means is I'm asking Ashley, will she be my girlfriend? Will Ashley go out with me? Will Ashley date me? Uh, Like exclusive, I think the Americans call it. Whatever you call it, I did this in this very glamorous location. I let Ash know how much I liked her and how much I'd like her to be my girlfriend. And it wasn't until she'd agreed and we'd both had a little bit of a laugh about my nervous awkwardness, as I'd asked, 
that we realise where we are. Outside Sainsbury's, huh? You just couldn't wait for a better location, teased Dash. But honestly, she wasn't wrong. I couldn't wait. And more to the point, I didn't want to. I wanted to get on with it because it felt good. Being around her. Being with her. Before I knew it, mid-February was fast approaching. And you know what that means, don't you? Valentine's Day. But, you know, like, how do you handle Valentine's Day when you've only been going out a month? It's just, it's kind of awkward, right? And I, I might be having all of the feelings, but, A, there is no way that these need expressing right now. And B, nobody wants to be the weirdo who goes big on Valentine's Day, especially if you don't know if she hates the day or not. And C, we all know how grand Valentine's Day gestures have worked out for me so far. But, at the same time, I do really like her. And I'd like her to know it a little bit. And we've not had a chance to discuss how Ash feels about Valentine's. You know, she too might have tales of traumatic romance attempts. Now, romance, as we all know, is not about money. But, fair play, it can be very handy and make life a little easier. Because when you're a skint romantic, you have got to get creative. I mean, thoughtfulness will take you very, very far. Add some time and effort and you're almost guaranteed onto a winner. But first and foremost, you've got to come up with an idea. And I was struggling. I wasn't sure Homemade was going to cut it with Ash. But I knew the stuff she bought for herself was well out of my non-existent budget. So, i got to confess, I did something a little bit sneaky. I'd seen a necklace that I thought would really suit Ash down to the ground. But it was cheap. And I do mean cheap. It was a Lizzie Duke special, which to those of you not familiar with this brand, is a brand of jewellery sold by a catalogue company. A very cheap brand who are very much not afraid to use cubic zircona and the minimum amount of gold in order to call something gold okay it's not the greatest stuff and sometimes all right it might have turned your skin green but on the whole it was all right but the snobbery the snobbery was very real and in the nicest possible way ash was a bit of a snob if she saw the elizabeth duke jewelry box i'm not sure it would have mattered what was inside As it was, they did a matching pair of earrings with the necklace that I had seen. So I blew my whole £15 budget and I bought the set. I know, lasted a big spenders. I blown the entire budget, which meant I had to go home and make her a card. I mean, what can you do? Times were tight. But I thought also, handmade card was a nice touch. 
My habit of keeping the box that anything comes in was finally about to pay off. I switched the necklace and the earrings into an unbranded jewellery box and I hoped for the best. A midweek Valentine's Day really helped take the pressure off the whole thing. Ashley worked stupidly hard, I'd discovered, often from seven in the morning to seven at night and then was generally on call as well. And it was pretty relentless. All she really wanted was to Netflix and chill. And I had the DVDs ready. Oh yeah, old school Netflix and chill. Ash brought dinner and we had ourselves a lovely little evening. No grand gestures or traumatic moments. She loved her card and she really loved the jewellery that I got from some little independent place. Oh, you wouldn't know it, I said when she pressed for more details. I felt pretty safe in my fib. I mean, I couldn't picture Ashley sitting down and flicking through the Argos catalogue any time soon. Life had taken on that real fun feel to it when things are new with someone. And soon, Ash was joining me and my workmates on a night out. I mean, like I said, she just seemed to get on with everyone, like a house on fire. And she had this uncanny ability to talk a doorman or a bouncer into letting almost anyone into anywhere. It turned out that Ashley and I had been drinking and partying in the same town for years now. And a number of times our paths must have crossed. I couldn't imagine. Ashley had been out with me and the work gang now a few times. And then eventually Tess put in an appearance. Between her boyfriend and me spending all my time with Ash, we'd not been hanging out as much. And Tess had been moaning about this, right? But she'd been as flaky as me. Ultimately, the real problem was that I wasn't at her disposal now. You know, not able to fill those times when the boyfriend wasn't around. You're not flirting with her like I used to. You know, Tess was no longer having her cake and eat it. She'd just had cake and she had to stare at it. Finally, the boyfriend worked the night shift on a Friday, which meant Tess was going to come out with us after all. Brilliant, because to be honest with you, I was missing my mate. You know, I was looking forward to a Friday night with all of my faves. And I tell you what, we scrubbed up pretty well. When you're living for the weekend, you make an effort on a night out. Not to mention... Essex nightclubs and bars had a real thing for a dress code. You know, no trainers, always smart shoes. They preferred a shirt with a collar and your denim had to be smart too. I mean, sometimes you'd be out and it would just be a sea of men in Ben Sherman shirts and smart, officey looking shoes. Just sameness everywhere. And you'd see that in the girls too. A uniformity of sorts. But I tell you, Ashley stood out in a crowd. She'd been a dress and heels like any other woman, but she just wore it with a different kind of confidence. You know, the kind of confidence you see from women who just don't give a damn if they intimidate men. In fact, the kind of confidence that feeds on intimidating men from time to time. 
So the end of the week had arrived and we're in town, we're in the pub and we're all slowly drifting in together, taking up a large section of the pub. And I'd ended up sat in one of those unnecessarily hefty chairs they have in pubs, like massive arms on it. The sort of thing more at home at the end of a banquet table than in a pub. And Ash Blesser had gone to the bar to get our drinks. When Tess arrives, she has gone all out with tonight's outfit. Killer heels, a short dress that is out to accentuate every curve she's got. And of course, the whole thing was about the devastating plunging neckline. I got up to hug Tess and she pushed me back down into my seat. She put her hands on the arms of the chair and practically plunged my face into the aforementioned devastating cleavage. Whilst not an unpleasant place to be, I couldn't help but think Ashley probably wouldn't be loving this. I slid down in my seat a little bit, but I was going nowhere. I couldn't get out from Tess's boobs, frankly. Eventually Tess laughs, I laugh it off, and Tess goes off to the bar. And I am just looking across at the lads like, what the hell? And they are all looking at me like, what, what, what just happened? And I'm just really hoping Ash hasn't seen that because to be honest, it was pretty disrespectful to her and it felt kind of disrespectful to me and I couldn't see it helping with Ash's opinion that Tess still wanted me. And then they came back from the bar together. More looks exchanged with the lads. Maybe Ashley hadn't seen it. Maybe we could all pretend it had never happened. More people arrived and the group started to mix and mingle. Aside from a brief moment when Ashley had come over and sat on my lap and kissed me so hard I thought she was going to take me there and then, she'd been a bit distant. And I just put it down to being tense from the week, I thought. You know, I checked in with her and all I got was she was good. There was nothing to worry about. And by now we've all put away a fair amount of drink. And I decided, do you know what? I need to go dancing. So we make the announcement. It's time to move the rest of the gang to the club. Let's go. And as the lads and I try to round up everybody, Tess and Ash announced that they are off to the toilets together. They'll meet us in the club. And my drunk brain is like, oh, isn't that lovely? Like, look at them bonding, getting to know each other. Right? So me and the lads, we've, we've told everybody who's come out with us that location is changing and we are headed up the road to the like 80s, 90s club, the cheesy club, right? It's time to get more drunks, do shots and shout along loudly to Chesney Hawks, I am the one and only. We've been in the club a little while when I realised the, um, the girls, they hadn't arrived. And I thought, oh, I better go look for them. And then realised, oh, they were actually, they're over there at the bar. And Tess, Tess is being overly lovely to Ashley. I mean, she can't do enough but Ash all of a sudden. 
you know, the DJ announces that anyone who gets up on the pole is going to get a free champagne and Ash practically throws Tess at the pole and collects a bottle on her behalf. I mean, it all seems a little odd. But I'm busy having a great night, bouncing around with the lads and uh, every now and again getting up close and personal with Ash. It didn't even occur to me that Tess hadn't been within five foot of me since we'd left the pub. In fact, it didn't occur to me at all until the next morning. So as I brought Ashley a cup of tea in bed the next morning, I just, I brought it up casually, you know, a proper cash, you know, like, so, uh, you know, you and Tess, you seem to be getting on well last night. What was, what was going on there? Ash downplays it. Oh, yeah, we had a little chat. Oh. There was something a tad ominous about the way she said little chat. What about? I pressed a little. And my girlfriend, she of the world's friendliest smile, the most welcoming demeanour, and her bundles of positive energy, casually said... Her putting her tits in your face. She won't be doing that again. I made myself very clear. Oh. How clear? I asked. I had her against the toilet door when I told her. So I think we understand each other. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, great cuppa, babes. What do you want to do today? Um, I think right now what I'm going to do is need a moment to process the fact that you sound a little bit like you threatened one of my friends last night, but also I need some time to process the fact that awkwardly I find that kind of hot. That's what I need to do, babes. That's what I need to do. You know, listeners, I'm not sure... Ash and Tess are going to be best friends. Just saying. Thank you for listening to chapter 21. I really appreciate you being here as always. Don't forget you can find Tales of a Well-Established Lesbian on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, completely inactive on Twitter, but technically you can follow there and there is our lovely little community on reddit r slash t-o-a-w-e-l you can find us and other folks who listen to the podcast in there thank you as always for the privilege of your time and tune in again next week for chapter 22 take care